I hope everyone is going good and welcome to the very last session of Cloud Computing Expert Masterclass. Right, and what we are going to do is we are going to go ahead and start the session, discuss something regarding the how to maintain governance risk policies, GRC factors, data data protection part in the cloud and the identity and you know other factors as well while we'll be moving ahead. So during this journey, we started with the very basic of the, you know, Azure, how it is Azure, how Azure works. From there, we move on to understand, you know, how to deployment of the different, different resources of the, my cloud computing itself, and then learn few more factors in between over here. Now, as we were in the, you know, uh, journey or the transition of learning the cloud. So this was our whole journey. So last week, you guys have learned about the AWS itself. Okay. So, what we are going to learn today, let's just go ahead and check the, right, our particular agenda for the day, what is going to be in there. So, we are going to learn about the introduction to the governance, privacy, identity, and compliance capability today. So, we'll be talking about these topics where we'll be talking about the governance policies on Azure, test compliance, privacy, data protection on the Azure, these parts over here are the Azure itself. Then we will be talking about the Azure Identity Services as well. So I would be starting somewhere with the Azure Identity Services first, uh, talking about the bit on the data protection, uh, deploying the data, data part as well over here, right? So, you know, the, you know, we'll be rather than seeing these things more on the practical side of this one, right? So compliance, I think a bit on the compliance yesterday, I gave you the hint with the Microsoft Defender itself. Right, so it will be the same portal talking talking about the same things over there. Okay, so we will be going with this particular journey of ours. Now, what we have to do, we will be starting the session for the day, going ahead and talking about the different things. So the day eight agenda over here is going to be this introduction to the governance, privacy, and identity and the compliance capability. So we will be just, you know, hearing about this fact over there, this self. Okay. So we will be talking about this governance policies, applying policies, compliance, identity services, what is there. So combination of all these things we'll be seeing today. So in the data, we will be looking into the, how to deploy a SQL server options given to us in the you know, SQL server storage account, the difference between them, what is going to be in there. So this is going to be the, uh, topics of our discussion today. So till yesterday, what we were doing, we were just going ahead and talking about the few simplest factor, uh, you know, revolving around what is the cloud, how cloud is working, right? Uh, deploying the, you know, your security, so, you know, resources as well in the meantime. So we have deployed the security resources as well. We have deal with the, you know, your different security services. So in there, when you were having the Microsoft Defender for cloud. So it was having one section, which was regarding the compliance. If I have to maintain the compliance, so we will be talking about that particular fact as well, moving ahead. Okay. So first we will be today going ahead with the identity, you know, your uh, governance and privacy and the compliance itself over there. So I would love to start from the identity perspective over there. Now, I am pretty much sure that you guys are familiar with the Azure. There is the service, which is called Azure Active Directory. 
which is for its IAM purpose. Like in AWS, there was one section which was calling itself IAM clearly, right? So here we have Azure Active Directory and many of you will be familiar with the AD, you know, that you have deployed in your on-premises. And that's why to give you the same kind of a feel and let people work with around the, you know, your uh, identity services here, this is the Microsoft way that you know you the same the field you know, services that people are you know very much familiar deploying an AD server ADDS over there. So this is something that they are working with. So I'm audible and let's just go ahead and start discussing about the your factor of IAM. Right now, what we have we have the cloud service with us. Now what is going to happen is. Uh, this is the, the account that I am using over here right now. Okay, this one, what I'm doing, the account which I am using right now, that is going to be my main account, just like, you know, you have an admin account or, you know, this is my main account that I'm having over here. So this is my main account, you know, through which I sign up for the use services. So by default, it become kind of a root or administrator account. You know, it has the power of global administrator. So going ahead to so different people who is working with me, who is my organization, if I want to give them the access to this portal, I'm not going to give them this, you know, my account, share my account with them that, okay, go ahead, use Rishabh's account and you will be fine. No, right? What we generally do, we start creating those users. For those users, we start creating the account itself, right? And the different, different accounts itself. Not only the, you know, uh, everyone will be having this solution. Everyone is going to have the different different permissions moving ahead. And due to this fact, what is going to happen is you need to create users in your active directory or in the IAM service. So here IAM service will be handled with the name Azure Active Directory, right? Where you will be creating the user, you will be handling the users, giving them the roles, the permissions, the you know, these kind of the things and factors will be done over here now what is going to happen second thing is we will be going ahead and we will be talking about the your you know compare authentication or you know uh, going on the end topic talking about the very simplest thing over there before we start with the you know your identity services itself now first of all a simple question that i ask always like you know what happened is when we talk about the iem service Every time you go into a new organization, like you join a new organization. Now, in that new organization, what happened is, first of all, you know, for you, like I'm having Anuj over here, let's take example of Anuj. Anuj joined a new organization. For Anuj, a new identity will be created. So for Anuj, a new username and password will be provided that yes, you are part of our organization. And if you have to access our resources, services, devices, you are going to require this username and password over here. Now, this will be the creation of the identity from where Anus will be starting on. Then on different servers, system, you know, Anus will be given the permissions over here. Now, you know, you need to be familiar with the basic computing concept and terminologies, you know, that is going to help you out with this one. Now, first of all, we'll be talking about the two things. One is the your authentication. Another one is going to be your authorization. So what we will be talking about in this particular 
object domain our objective will be to explain the differences between authentication authorization tell you that what is the azure active directory describing the functionality and the uses of the azure active directory and then functionality users you know but there will be multiple services like mfa single sign on conditional access policy right so you might have heard conditional access policy multi factor authentication and single sign on are the most common terms that you might have heard so first if i talk what is the difference between your authentication and authorization so you guys can put your right so for the authentication what we need to have is there is the identity that was created for the anoch now let's say anoch need to prove that identity that yes i am the anoch anoch is going on the next day on the office and you know he was having a system in front of this there was a portal or login page so he need to provide what the identity over there right that you are going to go ahead and enter your credentials of your identity you will use these credentials to prove your identity that yes you are actually the anoch you're proving yourself right so that is going to be the authentication so if we will be talking about the authentication it is going to be the process of establishing the identity of a person or a service that want to access a resource it involve an act of challenging a party for legitimate credentials and provide the basis for creating the security principle for identity and access control so it is going to establish whether the user is who they say they are if someone is claiming to be the anuj so they need to provide the correct credentials over there now when it come to the authorization authentication it establish any user's identity but authorization is a process of establishing what level of access an authenticated person or services it specified what data they are allowed to access and what they can do with it a simple thing is you know that page that is giving you the challenge that provide me the your username password it establish your authentication it is making sure that yes you are the particular person you are the authenticated person now authorization is that yes you are here and you can just go ahead and work with the you know um, with the authorization is you know you can access this file or not you can read this file write on this file delete this file or not that is the authorization part right so simple as that you have been interviewed for a role of the cyber security analyst you have got you got the job you know they give you a rfid card to enter the office next day you go to the office you tap it on the door so that is authentication you are doing you authenticate yourself that yes you are an employee you can enter the office but you simply can't go into the office of ceo start sit on the chair and start giving people the you know instruction that do this work do this work no you are hired to do the work of the cyber security analyst and that is the job role that you will fulfill so that is the authorization what authorization you have okay so few point confirm the identity authentication confirms the identity of the user of service that seek to access the resource you know you request authorized access credential over here and reason for creating the secure identity and access control principle these are the reasons that what and why you use the authentication right you will prove your identity then authorization provide permission and access to the authenticated user once you authenticated yourself now you will be given the permissions over there that what you can do
determine which data they can access what they can do with the your proper permissions can you access a virtual machine or not that is going to be the part of it okay so this is the first factor second you know let's just go with the theory first while you are proving the identity so if i will tell you from security perspective or the governance compliance perspective as well identity is becoming the new security pillar right so identity start becoming a new kind of a security pillar so everything because of the cloud so we need to go ahead and check and verify everything over there so to protect it you know simply uh, you must have heard about the different kind of the authentications like password correct answer so you know what your password is the one you know second thing is like you know something you have okay so mobile email otp this is something that you have okay then there is something like you know more things are there that like somewhere you are right okay somewhere you are is location-based authentication if you might have seen that if someone outside this specific location try to log in you can block those logins as well right that is going to be the your you know somewhere you are or you can do the somewhere you are not those kind of things will be the location-based uh, or either the you know gps-based kind of a thing then there is going to be the something you are Okay, if it's something you are is like, you know, your retina scan, fingerprints, biometrics and simple terms, those things are going to be there. There are no factors, but right now, you know, for proving your identity, simple username and password was not enough. So with that, you were requiring, you know, either two factor authentication, like, you know, after this, put the OTP or the third factor, like, you know, your fingerprint, like these things were required. So this causes the things like your multi-factor authentication over here so you know there you have the it is the process of prompting a user at the time of sign-in process for an additional form of authentication itself right and it provide the additional security for your identity there's going to be things like something you know something you possess something you are these kind of factors that you will be using for the your particular single sign on oh sorry so for not only single sign on means all kind of the authentications over there now so similar to that on the cloud like even if you have 365 office 365 all the identities that are being created that are being created into the azure active directory so this is their cloud-based version of their active directory over here so now here we are going to learn a bit about the AD, which is going to provide all the identity services and help us, you know, enable us, uh, enable your users to sign in and access both uh, cloud application. Okay. And the, you know, uh, like application developed by the Microsoft or by you as well, giving them the permission, you know, doing things like the single sign on all these kind of a thing. Now, when we talk about the Azure Active Directory, it is the Microsoft's cloud-based identity and access management service, which is going to help to employ sign-in and access 
resources over here. So in simple terms, for those people who are new to the Active Directory, this is kind of a database where you will be keeping the track of all your users, their identity, their passwords. You will be keeping, giving them the permission over there. All these kind of a things, you know, will be working over there. So if we talk about the Microsoft uh, introducing the Active Directory, it was, I think, in the Windows 2000, right? They give the organization the ability to manage multiple on-premise infrastructure component and system by using the single identity per user over there. So for on-premise Active Directory running on the Windows server, it provides identity and access management services that's managed by your own organization. Now Azure AD is Microsoft Cloud-based identity and access management service. So with Azure AD, you can control identity account, but Microsoft makes sure that this service is available globally. So if you have worked with the Active Directory in past, it looks familiar to you as well over there. So when you secure identity on premise with the Active Directories, Microsoft, it doesn't, you know, go and monitor the sign-in attempts. But when you connect Active Directory with the Azure AD, Microsoft, you know, you have the option of hybrid ADs, means you can connect your on-prem to the cloud Azure Active Directory as well. So when you connect your on-prem AD with the Azure AD, Microsoft, it can help you to protect you by detecting suspicious sign-in attempts at no extra cost itself, right? So, you know, in Azure AD can detect things like the signing attempts for unexpected location and from an you know, unknown devices as well. So, you know, it could be used by any end user, by the IT administrator, app developer, all these kind of uh, things over there. So, you know, your Azure Active Directory, it provides services, first of all, very basic authentication service, means verifying the identity uh, you know, to access any application or resource, like you have a virtual machine, first of all. Now, who can access it? So I can create users in my Active Directory, right? I can create the account for, you know, I will be, you know, uh, I'm going to use some of the example, guys. I'm getting the list of the user who joined in in front of me. So I'll be using few names to create the account over there in my Active Directory. So, you know, let's say I'm getting the name like uh, Regina over here. Okay, I'm having second name like Abby, right? Uh, you know, you are going to have something like the these names over there. Now, you know, these things are going to be over there, uh, like, you know, uh, Ajay Kumar over here. So we will be creating these users. Now, when these users will be authenticating themselves, then we will be checking that where they should have the, actually the permission, which application and source they can access. Okay, and we can give them the features like multi-factor authentication, self-service password reset, and, you know, uh, some smart, you know, we can lock out the account if we detect anything. So, a number of things can be done. We can perform things like the single sign-on, which enable you to remember only the username and one password to access multiple applications. So, you know, one single identity will be tied to a user, which will simplify security model as you know means you once you logged in into the your account and then there are n number of services related to your uh, that particular you know user account so you have to use different services so you don't need to log in again and again once you log in we will be you know, making sure that you know yes you can go ahead and access and other access the other services as well if you want to do over here right so these kind of a things are going to be the part of it
Okay. Then what is going to happen is with this one. Uh, okay, we are playing with this, you know, small things. So, you know, all these things are going to be the part. Now, when we will be talking about the your other things, like you can manage the application and device as well. You can, you know, register your application, your devices as well, and you can apply permissions, roles to them as well. You can create identity for them as well and work around with those scenarios as well. So with that, you know, even, you know, what you can do, you can have two types, you know, two things like B2B and B2C, you know, customer services, identity services as well, business to business, business to directly to customer service as well with your uh, particular active directory itself. And, you know, these things are going to be in there. So first, let's just take a look into the active directory and then, you know, there are other features of it as well, which we will be looking into. So let's just come to the first of all to the portal over here. Now, while we are in the portal, what I'm going to do on the top left hand side, you will see something like your Azure Active Directory over here. First, I want to show you my MCT accounts. I have the demo account as well. So of my MCT accounts, Active Directory over here. I will make you notice a few things over here. Like, if you will see right now, this part, this is my, you know, uh, directory name, default, it is a default directory. Then I have this tenant ID. Now there I'm going to have, this is my primary domain. And this is my license over here, which is saying Azure AD free over here. Right? So this is going to be in here. Yes, by default, what is happening? You know, I got a question that are you able to create active directory with the free account? So as soon as you register for your account or sign up for your account with the free account, the default directory will be created for you. Okay. This is going to be created over there. And right now my license is Azure AD free, which means many of my functions will be limited over there. Okay. Now, when we are going to talk about these things, what also we are going to do is, uh, okay. So what we are going to have is we are going to go ahead and talk, you know, a few things over here as well. Uh, now, there is the user section, which will be populated with the few users right now, right? Now, you know, I can create more users over here. Okay. There is going to be the groups. So we can, you know, have the groups as well. I can register my application as well. You can see app registrations. Okay. Enterprise register you know, enterprise applications as well. So few registration, few application has been expired that I was using over here in the past. Right. So you can have the different options over here. You can enable something like you know, uh, your single sign on and other you know facilities as well over here. You can register the devices as well over here. Right. So all these options are going to be the part that you will be playing over here. Okay. Now, while we are in this particular part, this is just the very basic one. So this for user who is new, you can understand this is a place or a database where you will be keeping your usernames, password, or it is a database which will be keeping the track of your user. What are the or who are the different different user who is registered over your organization? So let's say that I started a startup and I sign up for this one. So what I will do, uh, let me do one thing. Uh, let me open my demo account. Okay. 
we are now at officially the you know the demo account of mine so what i will do i will go to the active directory service over here so you know few difference will be here what i have done is i have activated its you know free trial of 30 days of azure ad premium p2 licenses so the active directory it work with the different different tier of licenses so of you know if you will go on to the left hand side to the licenses this is going to be you know the licenses page so you can go in there you can try to understand that you know what will be there the security license and all you can you know go to these links and they will be helping you to you know understand the you know what is azure active directory first of all okay now creating a directory how it will work how things are going to work over here the licenses the different you know links pricing everyone will be here so it will be the you know working over here that how you have to work uh, what is going to be the different services that can be helpful over there so you know all these things are going to be there now when we talk about this that it is going to you know uh, different services like a simple someone asked me that what is the conditional access policy so let me tell you conditional access policy is not going to be accessible to you if you have the free account like if i will go to my main mct account okay this is my mct account you will see this is my azure ad free right and with this free tier it is not going to go ahead and allow me to you know simply having the so i'm having the free license right not going to allow me to do a lot of things like a very simple difference i will show you a subtle difference i will go under the security section go to the my this multi-factor authentication part and you will see something like this right i'm not you know getting any different page over here so this is one page now there i'm having the premium p2 license in my demo account 30 day free trial if i will go into this part you will see that if you have to go under the your same setting security and the multi-factor authentication over here now this page is looking completely different from the others right you can see them side by side as well i go back to my free account it looks something like this i come back to my main account and it looks something like this where i am getting the option to configure your multi-factor authentication because this is not the no more the free or demo account over here right this is the premium p2 license that is there so this is a very small thing and if someone is interesting you know working with the licenses so what you used to do is you need to go to the your uh, license section from the left hand side you need to go to the licenses there will be this option get a free trial on the overview of that so here you can drop down the free trial and click on activate so once you will get the notification it is activated what else you have to do you then go to the all product over here then you will be selecting your license and assign it to yourself okay so like i was go what i have done my main account is, is with the name nick fury okay so i use this account i selected it i go on to the assignment and you know assign it to yourself as well and then click on assign once it is assigned to you wait for a few seconds you might need to sign it sign out sign in again and then you will be given the your 
premium P2 license. And then your license part will be saying you have the Azure AD premium P2 license activated for yourself, right? And it will give you the, you know, different, different features as well moving ahead. So this is the first thing. Now, what we will do, we can have the users, you know, over here. So I will, you know, in the default directory under, you know, your active directory, I can create account for the different people as well. Like I can go in here and I can uh, click and create the new users over here. Now, what I will do, I will be creating the few accounts over here. So let's say that there is the, you know, what this simply I'm just uh, picking up the name from the uh, attendees list. So there I'm saying someone with the name. Douglas, right? And you know, I will be going ahead and display name. I will be giving the okay, Douglas Martins. Okay, this is going to be in there. Now, what we have to do is, you know, I got this name, so I will be keeping this username and password. You know, copying it and keeping it safe somewhere so that I can use them in the, you know, uh, my future sessions as well. Right. So it will be helpful over there as well. Okay. So here we will be going with the, I will copy the username first. Then I will copy the password of this. Okay. Now, uh, you know, this is the first thing. And what we are going to do, we are going to next to the properties keeping, I'm not assigning anything over here. If you want to add things like first name, last name, job title, company name, department, who is manager, office location, right? You can add manager over here as well, who is the manager over there and, you know, contact information and number of different things like email address, all these kind of things over here as well. Right now we are not assigning anything. We are going to the next and assignment part and then review and create these will be the details and simply create a new user over here right so what we are doing we are just creating the user here so what is my azure active directory again you can say that this is a database where you are keeping the you know, this is whole. When you go from here and you open this page, Azure Active Directory, you will get this page. So this whole with all these features, this is what your Active Directory, a database which is keeping the users, the password, the group, giving you the permission to, you know, enable your multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, register your application, register your device, managing it, give the permission. That is the Azure Active Directory as a whole solution over here. Now, what is happening is we have created the user right now. That user is this Douglas Martins, right? So what I will do, I will use another browser to log in into the account of Douglas. So what I will do, I will just simply go ahead from here and jump onto the pages. Oh, sorry. Um, I will go onto the your portal dot azure dot com okay and i will use the username first and then the password okay where i keep the password here 
password and do the sign in over here. So I will use the current password. You know, first time when you will be logging in, it will be asking you to make a new password over here. So what we will do, we will be making the new password now. I will make a new password for this account. Paste it, paste it, go in here. and action required so ask later i will do stay signed in yes right now i will again say ask me later Okay, I think with this account, uh, did I activate it? A few settings that look like no yet. Okay, uh, you know, so I just asked it that, you know, it was asking me to register on the multi-factor authentication and other factors. I just simply said that, okay, uh, I will do it later, right? So this is going to be there. Uh, so this is the part. This is, uh, you know, your Azure portal account for the Douglas, right? So I'm logged in as the user Douglas now. So what will be the difference if i go back to my main account over here this was my admin users account right so i'm here right now with this if i will go to home and i will click on something like the all resources so in the all resources what you are seeing here that i am having these many resources deployed actually i was using it for the you know demonstration of sentinel and all so i'm having this whole thing over here which is like one three virtual machines will be there okay and you know the logic apps uh, a serverless you know a serverless so uh, computing feature this logic app also i have created a storage account i am having so different services public ip address virtual machine flow log virtual network and number of different things i am having under my account right now but if i will switch back this is my main account of nick fury if i will just jump it back onto the your uh douglas's account right so what is going to happen i will go in there and at the same time you are gonna go ahead and i will click on the microsoft all resources here and nothing your user can see at this point right and this is this is going to be your difference so now someone was asking me in the uh, chat that what is going to be the azure role based access control right so rpac azure rpac so what is happening you can't see that particular you know a factor over here even though if you will try to go ahead and create a new user from the active directory although i am allowing you to see the active directory if i will change my setting and restrict the use of this active directory, you can't even see this thing. Okay, Douglas can't see this thing right now. In my security features, I have let the people, the new user, access the you know, this portal. If I will restrict the access, you will be unable to see this thing. If Douglas want to create a new user, you will see this feature is hidden over here. So this kind of the control based on your rule, what you can do, what you cannot do, that will be defined by the rule-based access control. Like 
I was just telling you that there are three virtual machines. If I will show you, there is going to be the one machine with the name like this, uh, MDOCS VM1, right? So this virtual machine is right now over there. Now with this machine, I can see that my main account is, can see this thing, but when I am switching back to the Douglas's account, Douglas doesn't even have any kind of permission. So even if I go to the homepage of Douglas, I go there, I look for the virtual machine, nothing, right? Now, uh, as an admin, we have to decide what Douglas can access and what Douglas cannot access over here, right? So this is the few factors over there. And the same thing that, you know, I was talking about, I can enable now, the, you know, I can go from my main admin account and I can check the things like the, your, for Douglas, I want, you know, does I want, do I want Douglas, you know, uh, the multi-factor authentication to be enabled for my Douglas. So, you know, here, uh, the settings, security settings, you will go and you can just simply see factors, 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 factors like your MFA over here and you can, can you, you know, I can configure it and I can enforce this onto the, your Douglas now that, okay, Douglas, go there and check this one out. Right, so this is going to be the one particular scenario that is going to be our charts over here. Right, so this is the one another thing. Okay, so we are back, right? So this is what is going to happen if you want Douglas to have the access over here. So different things are there, different levels are here. On the machine level, you will be providing Douglas the access onto the virtual machine only, right? what kind of the role Douglas can have, then you will do the bit of a role assignment from here. You can give Douglas the role like, you know, next I will go and just a reader role I'm giving, right? Selecting the member, assigning it to the Douglas, selecting the Douglas account over here. So for Douglas, I'm selecting this, going on to the next, then I'm doing review and assign. And now after assigning it, please wait for at least one to two minutes as this is not going to reflect back instantly into the, your Douglas's account. So we just wait. So I, on the MDocs one virtual machine, give Douglas the reader role. You can check that under the IEM, under the roles, uh, role assignments, you can check that Douglas will be having the reader role over here. And now you wait for one minute to two minutes. So I'm also going to wait from uh, around a minute over here. Okay. Okay, we have waited. Now what I will do, I will be switching to the Douglas's account over here. So now I am on the Douglas's account. You can see this is Douglas account, right? I will go to home. I will scroll down and I will click on all resources that Douglas can see, still nothing. Let me refresh the page. And now can you see Douglas from the whole list for my main root user, there was a list of assets here for Douglas, only one virtual machine. So Douglas can go in here and as Douglas has just the reader role, what Douglas can do is Douglas will go ahead and, you know, let's say for example, Douglas want to stop this virtual machine. Douglas will click on yes and instantly there will be a message which is saying, you fail to stop the virtual machine. Why? Because Douglas doesn't have the permission to go ahead and 
you know start or stop a machine just a job function role that is read you can see the state of this machine and if you will see something interesting uh, you are unable to see public ip address virtual network if i will go to the networking section not showing me anything disk section again you know you can see this thing but when you try to go inside this disk nothing why because you only have permission onto the single resource that is virtual machine right so you can see only details regarding that not even public ip address remember in azure public ip address deployed as a separate resource so you don't have the permissions over there so what you got is you got this whole thing the first thing that only the reader role i can't do anything with this one i want to go ahead and do the connect section right you know i can't see the details over there what is happening with this why because i don't have the permission over there itself right now this is the your role based access control okay so we are using this to managing the customer so this is what this is a resource based access control what i did i gave it a role over there the you know give the permissions over there this is going to be the part right now when we are talking about the your go to home okay so this is what douglas has the permission over there i can revoke that permission as well if i want to i can go to this place and again go to the im part select the role assignment and can take away that permission as well from the douglas itself select it and remove it right so this is something that what we can do over here itself this is one part now when we are working about you know around this particular place this is going to be the you know few things that we can play around now there we define the user similarly i can define a group as well and what will be a group group will be you know uh, rather than picking up the user individually giving them the permission what we can do we can create a new group a security type group we will be saying it giving it a name like group 1 okay give the description of this group do you want to assign some role to the group right now i will say right now no and i will be assigning the members to this group first i will select the owner of this group my main account i am making the my uh, nick fury the user or owner of the group here in the members what we are going to do is we are going to go ahead add aditya uh, i will add uh, so, you know you can different apps that are there you can select them as well the part of the group uh, with this there was the douglas right so douglas i am making them the member of this group and create a group and similarly i can create group for different project teams over here and then give them the permission rather than you know picking individually up here that you know uh, pick this user give it the permission pick this user give it the permission rather than that better is we create a group and give the permission now in the group as well because i was showing you the license so if you have the license means you can do much more things over there why i'm talking about that is if you have the license you can go ahead and create a group let me refresh this page first there is this group one you can create a group which is called dynamic user and dynamic device and this is again a premium p1 p2 feature of the azure active directory means you need to have a license premium p1 or p2 then only 
it will be letting you know that uh, or it will allow you to go ahead and work with the your uh, you know um, dynamic group and dynamic you know dynamic device and dynamic user group what it will do you know rather than every time you assign manually the user it will let you create a query which will be keep adding the users over here so this is going to be that dynamic user group or devices group as you can register devices as well in here that's why you got that features over here okay so this is the your you know few features that will be activated with this kind of a license over here right what else i'll just give you the you know, another idea over here right so in these slides next thing is going to be your conditional access policy or what we call a cap okay conditional access policies over here now what we are going to talk about it that we are going to be this part you know this feature of this so this is a tool used by azure active directory in order to bring signals together to make a decision and enforce organization policy and it is heart of the new identity driven control plane right now i know the definition was quite vague over here that what it is doing at this part so when we are talking about this uh, conditional access policy or a cap first thing you need to understand again this is a premium p2 feature to use this you need to have to license over here now what it is talking about like you know if you want you can go to your portal as well and in the portal what i will do is scroll down come to the part of the security here there is this conditional access right i can click on the documentation of it it will open a page for you which will be talking about the conditional access policy itself so like it was talking about bringing together these signals so now you know three things it is doing if you will look into this diagram here signals decision and enforcement over there right signals will be your things like what from where you are logging in right so from where you are logging in which location which ip address right which device you are using okay you are using uh, which kind of operating system okay based on these factors it can go ahead and decide that what you know whether take the decision rather block your access allow you access or allow you the access once you will do things like multi-factor authentication or it will force you that no no if you want to log in from this location first you need to change your password so it can force so signals can help you to take decision in terms of the force and then it will be you know helping you to enforce those decisions and give you the access over here right so if you will see a very good line written over here conditional access policy is the simplest r if then statement if your user wants to access a resource they must complete an action example a payroll manager want to access a payroll application and is required to do the multi-factor authentication to access it okay now administrators are faced with two primary goals empower user to protective wherever and whenever and protect the organization's asset 
So even if I will take you back to the slides, what you will see here is the same diagram. Okay, so what kind of things you are getting? You are getting the signals, right? User or you know, a specific user or a group, it will be applying the conditional access policy for them. Well, you can use things like IP location. Okay, you can define some locations. You can define which device that user is using, their location, the user, which application user is using, and then you can detect the risk detection as well. So, you know, some real-time risk. And this real-time risk is generated by Microsoft's another premium P2 feature with the name Azure Identity Protection, okay, which is in simple term known as the IDP. Identity protection feature. It is also a premium P2 feature. P2 license is required to have this one. So what Microsoft has done, if you have the P2 feature, uh, P2 license assigned to you, your their AI and machine learning platform will be creating a profile for you. Okay, what is your behavior? It will be observing your behavior. And if one day suddenly it will find any difference in your behavior, that you usually use to use a device very specifically or IP, but suddenly that changes. So what is going to happen is they will be saying that, okay, uh, due, due to the fact that you have changed the login you know, location or anything, it will be simply saying that, okay, uh, now this is the page, right? Uh, this is my main uh, the demo account where I'm having the 30 day free trial. I go in here, I got this option of create a policy, right? And I can now create a policy for a specific user, the cloud apps that they are a cloud app or any registered app that they are using based on that, I can define my condition like which kind of device they are using, Android, iOS, Windows, Windows Phone, Mac OS, Linux. Okay, what is their location? I can choose something like this and I can force this kind of the, your, you know, conditional access that yes, you can go ahead and you need to perform multi-factor authentication or, you know, your access will be blocked. That will be my decision to have. This is going to be the conditional access. Another premium P P2 feature that is, you know, used can be used as a signal as well or individual as a service is this identity protection. You can click on the documentation page if you want to read about anything. So you can click on this thing. It will be taking you to the identity protection page over here. Now, for your user, there will be two things. It can detect your user risk and sign-in risk. And remember, these two things, but that you have user risk and sign-in risk, it is, you know, you can't control the factors, okay? So if you'll be reading its page of the Azure Active Directory Identity Protection, you will be finding out this is kind of auto-generated, right? So it has the, you know, auto-generated high-quality heuristic-based detection, detection from first parties, security researcher, customer support, you know, dedicated human uh, labelers and user-generated. So what Microsoft, this service will do, they will try to identify few factors, right? So with the automation thing, they can detect risk like anonymous IP address use, a typical travel, malware linked with the IP address, unfamiliar signing properties, if your credential has been leaked or not, a password spray, 
these kind of condition it can risks it can detect right right that means what is happening this means it can detect and give you the idea that what is happening your i you know identity is under threat and then you can take some decision okay so one question i got is saying that sometime user login shows as conditional access what does that mean that means when you are logging in it is saying that your organization has deployed a conditional access policy which is forcing you to perform either multi-factor authentication or blocking your access or allowing you to access the resource that simply means that okay now if you will be clicking on this particular you know getting this article you can detect the what is risk okay so how different risk is defined by the microsoft you can see the list of the risk over here risk type and detection a typical travel what it means it's a definition and description what their algorithm will be detecting anomalous token token user anomaly modeling with the ip address what kind of the detection could be over there okay suspicious ip suspicious browser you know the list keep going on right so all the list that is here you can keep checking out over here keep checking out over here right so this whole risk list is generated by the microsoft security expert what is in there so they can detect risk then you can investigate risky user risky sign in risky detection and again remember this is going to be the premium p2 feature only so if you want to use it you need to have the premium p2 licensing over here okay so these are the few factors that is going to be in there with the active directory and active directory itself is a very fast thing so if you will be dealing with the more and more feature of this there is a whole a certification for the you know identity management going on in the security series sc300 right a 32 hour course uh certification course which will be talking about the you know only the identity and azure active directory hybrid ad that kind of a scenario over there right so we have these particular things itself over there now this is the cap different you know so services permissions over there that you can play around over here right so this is just the idea you created the role and give someone the permission so you know with this one even on the admin level i can define a lot of rules that can be given to the my users like you know if someone wants to go ahead and you know maintain the active directory they want to create new users so they need to have you know permissions like user access user admin right so if i will be making douglas the user admin right what is going to happen you know i made the duo user the you know uh, douglas the user admin instantly what is going to happen is you know douglas will have or douglas can have the quality of creating the your users creating the your users changing their password managing those things you know over here now apart from this not only this but there will be the rules like password administrator so this password administrator can reset the password for non-administrator and password administrator as well so this is going to be the your you know different roles at the ad level that you can assign to your users with which they can surely work ahead right
So this is the one of the path that what we have over here. Now, uh, what we will be talking about is, you know, after the conditional access policy, a bit of the your governance over here. Okay, so let me take you to the Azure Active Directory. This is just the idea that what is the Azure Active Directory and all. Now, guys, if you know, remember on the you know few days ago, I was asking you to create a free account over here. Now, before we go on to the you know because this is just the you know uh, we can touch few factors. I can't just deep dive into only into the Azure AD. So before I start with the Azure governance methodology, I would love to give you guys a task. Okay, again, and this will be a very simple task one more time. So if you have the free account, I would love you to go ahead and you can create simply a user. Create a user, you can give it any name. If you want to give it any name, you can give my name to this one as well. Create a user, Risha. Okay, then if you want to create another user as well, you can do that as well. Then try to go ahead and create a group as well. Okay, and we are going to give it the name like group one. Right, so uh, what we will do is uh, I think 10 to 12 minutes should be sufficient to do this thing. So now what we are talking about, we are talking about building a governance, uh, you know, uh, building the cloud governance strategy on the, the Azure itself. So the term governance, it means or it describes the general process of establishing some rules and policy to make sure that those rules and policies are enforced and your day-to-day -day activities are accord in accordance to that itself. So while you are running in the cloud, a good governance strategy helps you maintain control over the application and resources that you manage in the cloud. Okay, so maintaining the control over your environment ensure that you stay compliant with the industry standard like PCI DSS or corporate or organization standards such as you know making sure that your network data is encrypted governance is most beneficial when you have like multiple engineering team working on an azure you have multiple subscription to manage there will be the regulatory requirement that must be enforced onto your organization and you have some standard that must be followed for all the cloud resources over here now like you have to implement uh you know uh some governance methodology in all you know your organization itself now what you will be doing and what tools can help you with the you know these kind of a scenario over there that is going to be the uh, you know uh, some tools and the things that can help you with the governance you know for uh, making the governance in your organization itself so when we talk about very first of all you know in this one there will be the you know RBACs, resource RBACs we have seen a bit, resource log, tag, policy, Azure blueprints, cloud adaptation framework for you know CAF, which we in simple terms call CAF for your Azure. That is going to be the you know one of the thing that you can go over there and work. So although I have written it in the very last slide, CAF cloud adaptation framework for Azure, but I want to start from here. So this Cloud adaptation framework, what it is, it is going to be, uh, you know, it is kind of a tool. Okay, so we have the Microsoft Cloud Adaptation Framework for Azure. 
which provide you, you the proven guidance to help you uh, help, you know, help with the your cloud journey itself, cloud adaptation journey. So it helps you to create and implement the business and technology strategies that is needed for you to succeed in the cloud, right? So what is in this cloud adaptation framework? So this cloud adaptation framework, it is going to consist of tools and documentation, which is, you know, and some proven practices as well. So, you know, you can define this into the different stages itself, like define your strategy. Okay, then make a plan, then ready your organization, then adopt to your cloud and then govern and manage your cloud environment. Okay, so you know, then you migrate over there, you innovate over there and then govern and manage over there. Right. So this is something that you are going to be like a part which will be following over there. Now, what you have to do, you have to define your strategy. Okay, so the, you know, when we talk about this governance stage before that, when we talk about the governance stage, it would focus on the cloud governance. Okay, you can recover, you know, you can refer, uh, refer to this cloud adaptation framework and you will find documentations which can help you to build the cloud governance strategy itself. And if you want to see the, you know, cloud adaptation framework over here, you can visit Okay, to help you build with the adaptation strategy, the cloud adaptation framework, it will break down each stage into the further you know, exercise and a step over there. So, so you have to start with define your strategy. Here is you no know, here you answer why you are, you know, when we, if I'm just talking about the strategy phase, you will be answering that why you want to move to the cloud. Okay, what you want to get out of the cloud migration and do you need to scale to meet your demand and reach the new market itself? Is it going to reduce the cost or you know increase the business agility for you? So you know you can go ahead and you know if you'll be jumping into the each of these steps, you will be finding out what else you can do over there. Now, in this one, you can go ahead and define the documents that you know what are your motivation, what business outcome you want then you will be going to develop a business use case over there. Okay, and after that you will be choosing your first project. In the plan, you will go with the, you know, uh, map your aspirational goals to specific action. Okay, means you need to have a good plan and so that your efforts that you are taking, they can show some result, right? So you can create the inventory of existing digital asset and workload that plan to you that you are planning to you know migrate to the cloud then you can initial the you know initiate the organization alignment that okay from organization state point which services we need to migrate whatnot then you'll be creating a readiness plan and then you'll be going with the cloud adaptation plan and then same you will be going on to the ready stage you will be creating an azure setup guide right what tools are familiar what are not all these things you will be taking care of over there. So you'll be going with the ready phase over there and then, you know, setting it with the Azure setup guide, then you'll be creating the landing zone, right? You will be, you know, start uh, building the Azure subscription. Okay. And then you'll create the cloud infrastructure as well as governance, accounting and security capabilities over there. And then later on, you will be expanding that landing zone over there and applying the best practice.
interfaces over there. And then you go ahead and start migrating to the cloud over there. You'll be starting with that one single workload that, you know, transfer this workload over there. And then, you know, that first project will give you the confidence over there. Then you will be doing with the different migration scenarios. Then you will be applying the best practices onto those, you know, a project that you have migrated over there, you know, and then over the time you will be improving them. And, you know, the limited thing that you were doing on the cloud, you can innovate onto the cloud because cloud will give you a lot of features, functions. So why don't you try to innovate? Use the advantage. Okay, you know, first of all, you'll be thinking that what is my business value or do you know what I want as a business outcome? Then can there, you know, is there any analysis tool or any tool that can help to grow and achieve that business outcome for me in the, you know, cloud service provider is providing any analysis tool like that. If there is, you can use that, improve your solution, maybe making it more scalable, your, you know, project and you know more accurate you know uh, bringing your customer latency down and apply the best practices that you can have over there and even take the feedback that you know okay uh, whether it worked or not if i use a new methodology over there whether it work or not and then there come the governance okay so what you need to do you need to have a methodology you will be considering your end state solution you will define a methodology incrementally and then you will go from your first step all the way to the full cloud governance itself okay you will be going with the benchmarks governance benchmarks over over there then to assess you know actually your uh, current state to the future state to establish a vision to apply the framework over there that what you want to do with that so you'll be starting with this something like this over there and then you will be going with the initial governance foundation. Okay, creating uh, the MVP, capturing the first step of your governance plan that what is my governance plan over here? So you will look for the something like that over here, right? So if I will talk about uh, the portal, there is one portal which will help you with this. This is the cloud adaptation framework governance benchmark tool, right? So this will be the one place from where, you know, when we talk about the, you know, governance benchmark tool, this could be something that can help you out. So if I will copy this thing, okay. And over the time we will be improving these things one by one itself, right? So this is going to be the few factors that can be helpful over there. And then next step is saying manage, right? So we have to create a management baseline over there. So define your minimum commitment to the operation management management baseline is the minimum set of tool and process that should be applied to every asset in the any environment you will be defining your business commitments right expanding the management baseline over the time and then you know making the design principle and all the things over there so this is the cloud adaptation framework which will be helping you to adopt the cloud perfectly with making sure that you maintain all the your governance itself now after this we will be talking about some tools which will be helping you to go ahead and achieve your you know uh, i would say your proper governance over there like from the you know you have to create a governance strategy for billing for access control your subscription limit everything so how everything will be applied over there 
one by one we have to discuss about them and we will be using these you know features like you are seeing in front of you rbag resource log tags policy blueprints these things to help you out over there right so we'll be starting with the how the role based access control will be helping you out already we have seen its idea that how it should be applied but yes we'll be going ahead and talking about this whole thing over okay so at this point what we are going to do is uh, we are going to work when we are talking about this thing so we will be starting with the your uh, you know like i was telling you have to control things like subscription subscription limits you need to set access controls billings everything need to be over there so in terms of when you start azure governance strategy at the subscription level there are three main aspect to consider when creating and managing the subscription first one is billing right so if you have multiple department and you need to do a chargeback of cloud cost one possible solution is to organize you know subscription by department or by the project okay resource tax they can also help here and you will explore tax later right over here so we'll be talking about them later on why we are defining our how many subscription do you need or what name you know what to name them you have to take an account your internal billing requirements that's what your internal billing requirement is over there second thing is you know this is lot we are talking about the sub, you know governance subscription governance technology right now then there is going to be the your access control so a subscription is a deployment boundary for azure resource and every subscription is associated with an azure active directory tenant so each tenant provide administration capabilities to set up the granular level access control through the defined role with the azure role based access control azure rbac what we call them right who should have where should they should have the access all this kind of thing and then subscription also have some resource limitation for example maximum number of network express route or vm or virtual cpu in one subscription how many you can deploy them okay in one region so those limits should be considered during the design phase and if you exceed those limit you need to you may need some additional subscription or you need you know if you hit a hard limit maximum then there is no flexibility so so in some cases you can request that you know increase my capabilities over there one by one right then you know that is the subscription that i was talking about over here that you know when you have the subscription you are going ahead with this what to do over there now we need to control access to all the cloud resources by using the your this rbac which i am talking about over there so you have multiple it team engineering team now how to control what who care you know, what access they have to in the resource in your cloud environment so it's a good security practice to grant user only the right they need to perform their job okay so you know uh, which we call the principle of least privilege right and only to the relevant rules you know resources over there so instead of defining detailed access requirement for each individual and then updating the your access requirement so you know when the new azure resource is created azure enable you to control access to the azure rbac 
So Azure, it already gave you the built-in rules and describe the common access rule for those resources. And then you can define your own rules as well. If you want to, you can create your custom rules as well. If there is, you know, any requirement that arises over here. Now, how a particular rule based access control applied to a resource over there. So, first of all, you need to understand this diagram. This is going to be the, you know, your, uh, yes, kind of, you know, your architecture that is going to be in there. So, usually you will be having the Azure Active Directory, right? So, and inside this directory, what we have, we have something which is going to be called your management group. Okay, tenant management group as well at the top, right? Now, what is going to be there? There is going to be a management group. Then inside that management group, you can have a single subscription or a multiple subscription as well, right? And inside that, you know, this is going to be a whole hierarchical architecture. Inside that subscription, you'll be having the resource group. And these resource groups are going to have what resources like virtual machine, databases, these kind of the things over there. So these kind of the scope is there and you need to understand that, you know, there are different rules, different level of rules that if you will apply them, you know, there is going to be like, you know, just a common thing. You inherit something from your parents. So this is that hierarchical architecture over there. So if you apply anything at the top of the, this food chain or this hierarchical group, automatically the, you know, rules will be inherited by the your resources that are in here. Okay. So when you should use an Azure RBAC, Azure RBAC is needed. Let's say that you allow one user to manage a virtual machine in a subscription and another user need to man, you know, handle the, your virtual network. Okay. You are a database administrator and you just want a group to manage the SQL database in the subscription. So at the different level, you can apply the role. So if I'm giving someone the VM contributor role at the your subscription level over here. Right? So there is going to be the your this is the Azure and this is the subscription level. So automatically that user will become all the resource group inside that subscription. It is going to be in there and it is going to make the you know that same VM contribute in every resource group, wherever in this subscription, all the virtual machine that will be there, that user will become automatically a VM contributor over here or database contributor over there itself, right? So this is going to be the, you know, your few of the scenarios that is going to be in the part. So it is going to help you with the fine grain access management. And it segregate the duties within the team and grant only the amount of access to user that they need to perform on their jobs. And it enable access to the Azure portal and controlling the access to the resources itself over there. Right? So you need to go ahead. Like I was showing you that reader role that I have given earlier. What I did, I gave that role to your particular, uh, you know, uh, account, right? So. I specifically gave it on the resource level only, right? Nothing else. So what we did, uh, I hope, um, I, I think I removed that permission, right? Later on, but what we did, any resource. So you will see in here, this is my whole subscription right now. Okay. So you can go ahead and if you will see the Azure pass, 
on the subscription level itself i can go to the iam at this part if i will be adding a role assignment over here and i will give that reader role or like like here virtual machine contributor roles you will be having a virtual machine administrator role virtual machine contributor role so if i will apply it at the subscription level automatically it will be applied to the all underlying source groups all underlying sources at once over there itself right and then you will be able to see that particular one like if you select this one go to the next assign it to the let's say to the douglas over here and you know select this user and assign it i'm not going to send it i'm just telling you at the subscription level we can have something like this over there and we can apply this role to my user okay managing the permission over there itself now you know like right now i am using my main account which is the nick fury user okay this is in my active directory if we will see my users this nick fury is my main account right now this is the global admin kind of a root or administrator account we can say so you know this means this user has all the permission now if this user want to go to this virtual machine and restart it it can simply click on restart and machine will be restarted because it doesn't you know going to have any stop over there but what is happening another thing with governance let's say that this machine was running very important workload okay or running some process now what i want that during the time period while this is running some batch process or anything you know very important uh web server it was hosting so i don't want anyone to change its state right so when we are talking about that no one can change the state of this what we need to have we need to prevent accidental changes and for that what you are going to do you are going to use your resource locks okay so we are going to use the resource lock in this particular case scenario okay now when we are talking about this whole scenario that you know you are going to have the resource locks so a resource lock it will prevent resources from being accidentally deleted or changes right so even with our back policy what happen is for example i have one the john douglas the contributor role so i will be using my main root account which is having all kind of a permission even though it has all the permission over here right though so yeah okay so if you have that permission what is going to have you going to prevent these things from accidental delete or changes itself so what is going to happen is you can see one line which is making sure of this thing these locks sit outside of our back my back okay so when i'm talking about the resource locks so with the resource lock as i was saying second point is saying it sit outside your rbac hierarchy and when applied it will place restriction on the resource for all user over there no matter that is you know what kind of user you are it will be making the changes over here now let's say there are two type of the lock one is cannot delete and second is read only so if i will apply cannot delete there are few actions one is 
read second is updated and third is delete so if i applied cannot delete lock first one this one so can i read the resource if there was a virtual machine can i read this what is the state of it and all yes you can second thing can you update the state means it was running so i will go ahead and restart it or stop it it will be is it possible i would say yes it is possible then if i want to go ahead and delete that resource then is it going to possible i would say no this is not allowed right so you can change the state but you cannot delete that and second one is read only so when you apply read only can you read the state of machine yes you can second can you update the state of that machine no if it is running it is only running i don't want any accidental changes in that machine as well okay so i will be saying that no okay uh no you cannot do that so this is going to be the part then again delete no right so this is going to be the resource lock. now how you will apply it and remember hierarchical model is important over there so when we talk about this whole thing hierarchical model so how it will be applied let me just take you back again uh with my main account this is my root admin upline right okay now uh i'm having this virtual machine At this machine, what I'm having, I'm having the locks over here, option. So I'm at the machine level itself, okay? Not in the, your whole subscription level. So if you have to understand this, uh, there is going to be the resource group, which is the, you know, this MDocs VM is part of this resource group, okay? So this resource group have all these things. So if I will apply a lock at the resource group level, it will be applied on the all resources, but I'm just applying it on the virtual machine for now. I go on to the locks. I add a lock, giving it the name. Okay, delete only lock. So I will go here, change it to delete and click on okay and save it, right? So it is saved. And uh, please, after applying it, wait for one to two minute only. Okay, uh, else it, uh, you will be doing the restart of a VM. It will be restarted because it will take few seconds to reflect those changes that you have made right now. So you can lock the whole resource group, resources as well if you want to, so, you know, at the subscription level as well. So this will be helping you to do those kind of a scenario. So this is only a delete only lock. So what I will do, I will go back to the overview page now. We waited for a few seconds. Hopefully, finger crossed, I will click on the restart button now. Click on yes. So, it is the delete only lock. I restarted a virtual machine and what I am reading here, successfully restarted the virtual machine. It was a delete only lock. So, we restarted this virtual machine. That's a great thing. Then I go to delete and click on this delete button that I want to delete this virtual machine. So, I am going to go ahead and I am saying that no, do not delete anything else with it because I know I have read this and click on delete. I want to delete this virtual machine. Now, when you will click on delete this virtual machine, what will happen is I delete should fail. This was at this level. 
I will go ahead and remove this lock. I will go in this place and okay, let it be like this over here. Now at the resource group level, let me just show you at the resource group level itself. Uh, overview page, uh, go to the resource group now. In the resource group level, I will apply the lock, one more lock. So I can see all the locks inside my resource group from this table. You can read it here. What is the scope of this? The scope is only the virtual machine, one single virtual machine of this lock. So I will add something like read only over here and read only type I will make and click on OK over here. Now you will see the difference here. This scope is the at the your resource group level and another lock is only working on the one resource, one virtual machine level only. This is going to be the part of this one over here. So we have the two different locks in here. And when we are talking about the two different locks, you know, I'm just waiting for them to just go ahead and take it place. So I will wait for a few seconds so that read only lock can also uh, take its time and, you know, apply the changes over there. Right, right, right. So we waited, I think long enough. Now you will see, I will go back to the virtual machine and just refresh it one time. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and restart the virtual machine now. And this time you will see fail to restart virtual machine. Last time it was successfully restart, but now it is not. Why? Because at the resource group level, I have applied a lock which is saying read only. So even though I am an admin user, I cannot go and change the state of it. Why? Because locks, they sit out of that particular lock in, you know, your, uh, are back environment itself. So I can go do what I can go ahead and delete the my locks over there. And I will be deleting these locks. Refresh, there is no lock anymore. Right? So you know or you can use this as well to control your resources as well. So this was the your particular uh your resource locks that can help us in the bit of the governance itself, a tool. Now, another one is organize your resources by using the tags. Now, as your cloud uses, it grows, it will be increasingly important for you to stay organized and having a good organization strategy in place, help you understand the cloud uses and also can help you to manage the cost as well over there. Right. For, you know, example that you have a lot of resources now, which resource belongs to which group, which user, you know, all those kind of things, which team this is going to be over there. So resource tag is the way of organizing your resources. It provides extra information. We can say metadata about your resources over there. Right. And these metadata will be useful in resource management. So, you know, it will be help enable you to locate and, you know, uh, and act on resources that are associated with the specific workload, environment, business unit, and even with the owners itself. It can help you with the cost management optimization, right? You can go to your cost page and you can organize your resources by the each group, each, you know, department like that. It can help you in the operation management, security, it even, you know, uh, means you can, you know, tag it help you to enable to classify the data by its security level. Like you can, you can 
add a tag like public, confidential, and you can you know, get the data like that. It can help you with the governance and regulatory compliances as well. It enable you to identify resources that align with the governance or regulatory compliance requirements such as ISO 27001. Okay, it can be part of standard and enforcement efforts itself. And for example, you might require that all resources tagged with an owner or department name. This could be a limitation, right? And you need to follow that as well. So it can help with the different different kind of thing kind of thing. So what it usually have it is going to have name and a value pair over there. Now with this, you know, it will be very helpful for rolling up the billing information and different scenarios as well. So we can create and add tags to your resources. So what you can have, you can have like, you know, name and value pair two things. So this thing, let's see this practically what is going to happen. Okay, so I was having these many resources over here under the same resource group itself. So what I can do, I can start sorting my resources like this mdocs vm1. I can give this the, you know, go to this tag section. This is the name and value pair. So I can say which kind of environment it belongs to. I'm saying it is belonging to your um development or no um, i would say testing department right test department or environment testing environment this is the testing environment over there uh, we can say that also uh, what kind of the impact it will have you know how important the resources to your business operations such as is it mission critical high impact or i would say because it is testing it is the low impact Right, so my impact is low impact. So either I can write it like this or simply like low, right? Impact is low. Second tag like this would be over here. And who is the owner of this? Owner is your Jendo. Right? Like this, you will be having things over here, and you can apply these tags to this one. Then you can control, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of the things, other things as well over here. So this is just one resource. I will go back to the resource group, open the new tab over here. What I will see is the IP address. So the IP address as well, or let's say MDOC VM2 itself. I will go in there in its tag. I will be again adding the same things over there, like the environment. Environment this time it is the development so i will say dev uh its impact is your your medium impact right and then there is going to be the owner it will be the your john doe this time okay i'm having something like this i can apply this one here right so you know i can have something like this keep going on and you know three to four let me add the three four you know your resources over here then um, onto the VNet one, right? I can add the tags, same. Environment, I can say, I can choose it like, you know, it is the testing environment. Uh, I can go here, I can use the impact. Impact of this will be the low. Uh, I will go ahead and the owner, I can go and select it is belonging to Jendo and apply this over here. Right. Uh, we can go ahead. 
again on the mdocs vm3 now if i will go in here in text environment development impact medium owner john doe right like this i can apply things like this one by one i can start shorting them out and at the different places it will be helping you out like you go onto the part of the home and you can simply you know you can just say that i was doing or going through the all resource for example so there was this heap of the resources now I can add filters over there. I can go to there and I can use the tags. Like I want all the environment, which is equals to your development only and apply this. So here there should be actually two. Okay. So two virtual machines over there. Okay, this is going to be in this particular part. Now, I can change this thing, environment, you know, equals this. And then again, uh, you know, I can select more of the things as well. I can change it over here from environment. I can use the text like impact. I want all the medium impact, you know, medium impact resources over here. So, you know, I can, you can see those kind of the resources which will be having the medium impact. So it will help you to organize here in the costing in the subscription in the different places they will be helping you out over here so your tags are also going to help you in this scenario then one very important thing that is going to be control and audit your resources by using the policy usually the policy output they will be taking a good amount of time so when we talk about the, uh, you know, let's say that you have identified your governance and business requirement, how you are going to make sure that your resource is take compliant? How can you be alerted if resources configured has changed? So Azure policy is going to be a service that is going to, you know, Azure, that is going to enable you to create, assign and manage policy that control or audit your resources. So this policy enforcement, you know, it is a different rules and effect on your resource configuration so that those configuration they stay compliant with the your corporate standard self right so you can see we are saying the same thing right which is written over here regulatory compliance and security cost management so policy assist emphasize organization standard and evaluate compliance at a scale it also furnishes governance and resource consistency consistency and regulatory compliance security cost and management over here it you know this help you enable uh, to define both individual policy and group of related policy known as initiative to them right so azure policy it will evaluate your resource and highlight your uh, those which are not compliant with the policy that you have created so azure policy they can also prevent non-compliant resource from being created as well you can force those kind of a thing so actually when you visit this portal you will see that there will be number of built-in policy and initiatives that is defined you know use cases and different different categories they will be having like under networking uh under the you know storage compute security center monitoring different part they will be saying for example let's say that you want to limit 
the size of the virtual machine to be used in any environment right if you will apply this policy what will happen if someone is creating a virtual machine they can only select that particular size like i'm limiting that only b2ms or d2s v3 or you know your b1ms you can choose in the size so only those policy will be applied over there and this is going to be over the you know your policy itself now how it will work through the practicals we will see so actually there are two things policies and initiatives so let's just jump back onto your resources and let's see that how it will work right so we will search for policy in the search bar okay right so here at my subscription at my specific resource group level i'm applying this policy so you know hierarchy again so you can choose from the top to bottom and use something like this now you can apply this policy so you know who enable it who assigned this everything i'm leaving as it is i go to the advanced leaving it as it is nothing i'm changing here now i have to define the site like I will be selecting B2MS here. Okay. Uh, we will be talking about the D2 V3, right? And this only. So, two sides I am allowing. Next, remediation step. I don't want to remediate anything, means, you know, remember I was telling policy can force things as well. Like, there is a policy which is saying your server should have anti malware extension installed, but you are not doing that. So, for that, this remediation step you can create a remediation task then give this policy the proper rule okay from same page you will create the identity for it give it the rule and what it will do if anyone will not be you know any machine that doesn't have your particular uh you know uh, anti-malware extension not installed on it it will force it to install or it will install all that anti-malware extension on that machine so you can do the remediation task as well and it if anything is non-compliant you can publish a message as well that you know you are non-compliant and you know a description over here simply we will go to the review and create and create this policy so sometimes this policy can take up to 5 to 15 minutes to take the effect it is coming over here as well you can read the notification please know the assignment takes around 5 to 15 minutes to take effect so if you know before i end the session just remind me to show you this thing so what you will notice that when i will try to create a machine which is not from these two sides what it is going to do it is going to force you to you know uh, it is not going to allow you to launch those machines right so through the policies like you can think create a thing like uh do it for the you know there should be the disaster recovery installed dr or backup should be installed for your resources these kind of things are going to be the part of your policy definitions right through the policy you can enforce things over there so this is going to be the one part now what is initiative initiatives are your collection of policies right so when we were talking about the governance and you know achieving the compliances so you will see there will be some of the things running over here like nist 853 you know ref5 soc2 type 2 pci dss 3.2.1 so if i want to just check that whether my resource my subscription my specific resource group 
my resources or the architecture that I have created over here, they are PCI DSS version 3.2.1 compliant or not, I can apply the initiative. Now, initiative is nothing but the selection of your policies. So, 36 policies are inside this one, you can see. You can choose and select that which one you want to implement and which one you want to remove. That's just up to you. But it will be the collection of your policies over here. So when you have these policies, you can see here, Canada Federal, BBMM, Swift CSP, CS Microsoft Azure Foundation, Reserve Bank of India, IT Audit, ACAT, ISO 27001-2013, uh, New Zealand ISM restricted version 3.5, RMIT. So collection of different different resources. If you go up, NIST 871, I know Division 2, and here 465 policies are there. So you can check your you know whole infrastructure, whatever you want, that whether they are compliant to this or not. Okay, this is going to be the your particular policies an initiative which can help you to achieve compliance itself over here right so this is a bit of the idea for you into the policies and the your initiative over there and one of the last thing in this is going to be the your azure's blueprint over here right so in the azure blueprint when we are going to talk about this thing what is going to be the blueprints in the blueprints, we will be talking about the your. Uh, uh, we'll be talking about the you know uh, simple things like. Let's say that at different level when we are talking about this, what is need to happen is you are want to create an architecture. So we were having this. Uh, where is that? Huh, yeah, in this page. Let me take you to this page here to understand the you know your resources. So what I'm having over here is. Let's say that, you know, in this active directory, you are having multiple subscriptions. This is subscription one, you have the subscription two, you have the subscription three. Now in the all these subscription, you want some common architectures. You want a very specific that all these should be having, this is mandatory, that all these should be having the resource group with the name like, you know, Mandate resource group. It should have one virtual machine, uh, one SQL database like that. Each of one these has something like this. With that, there is also the mandatory thing is, uh, you know, let's say at the resource group level, you know, uh, one user who is the kind of the admin user, it should have the access like, or one user should have the access. You define the user with the name JP2, it should have the VM contributor role in all the subscription that you have. In addition to that, you want to enforce some policy on all subscription, which is making sure that your infrastructure is PCI DSS ready. So what it is, you know, you want a common architecture, common thing in your whole resources. And this is where your blueprint will be coming in handy. So when we talk about the blueprints, so it is a package for creating these specific sets of standard and requirement that govern your uh, implementation of Azure services, security and design. Such packages are reusable so that consistency and compliance among resources can be maintained it 
it make it possible for the development team to rapidly build and stand up a new environment development team can quickly build trust through the organization compliance and set of built-in components such as networking in order to speed up the development and delivery means in each subscription you have the requirement that there should be some vnet okay with the same kind of the you know your subnets and all those kind of a thing so what you can do like i was telling you you can do the rule assignment policy assignment arm templates you can run to deploy any resources and then there will be things like the resource groups okay that you know these main resource groups should be in there so you want that common architecture you will prepare a blueprint at the top and you will deploy it every time whenever you want a common architecture over there that should have the whole goal like i was telling you so this is something that you can use at the multiple time like you can deploy a policy that each one of them should be having the backup initiated for them so this is going to be the few things that you would be wanting the blueprint to work with over there right so this is the blueprint service so you know it is very complex so i'm not going to show you the demonstration of that particular thing right now okay now few simple things which we'll be discussing in terms of your uh privacy compliance and the data protection standard over here so when we are talking about the compliance i just show you one page you know in the terms of compliance if i will talk about over here then you know uh we'll be talking about the microsoft here microsoft commitment to the privacy and how azure it adhere to those regulatory and compliance standard. So if your organization is government department or agency, you might need to deploy regions uh, or you need to deploy in the regions like China. You also need to learn some additional consideration over there. So in general, compliance means to adhere to some laws, standard or set of guidelines. So regulatory compliances, they refer to the discipline or the process of making sure that company follow those laws governance bodies and the you know whatever whatever governance bodies are enforcing over there so what we are going to do is we first need to check that how compliant azure is right when it comes to the handling the personal data over there then how compliant are each azure individual services that are that is out there so we have to talk about or think about them as well so when we talk about the compliance categories so you know there is always so you know three things over there so we start with the security privacy and the compliance over here so when it comes to the this particular you know three things over there so what we have you know security we need to make sure the azure design you know is azure is secure by design means it has built in intelligent security microsoft aid in protecting against known unknown cyber security threat using the automation and artificial intelligence to protect your resources against them second privacy we are obligated to make sure that the privacy of organization across the contractual agreement by offering user control and transparency and then compliance you know so you know microsoft is claiming that we esteem local laws and regulation and furnish comprehensive coverage of compliance operation over there now when we talk about in terms of the compliance and requirement microsoft they issue set of compliance offering including certification and attestation both to any cloud service provider so some compliance offering they will include like you know what they will have 
they are going to have CSA star certification, EU model clauses, CJIS, HIPAA, ISO, NIST, all the compliance offering you will be having over here. You can see these things, you can check these statements as well over onto the trust portal of the Microsoft itself. So there is going to be this trust portal, which will be letting you know that which certificate you know, your Microsoft is having attestation Microsoft is having over here. I will show you that trust portal as well. But prior to that, there is also the Microsoft's privacy statement over there. So it explains what personal data Microsoft collect, how Microsoft use it, and for what purpose it use it itself over there. So privacy statement, it covers all Microsoft services, website, apps, software, server, and the device. And this list range from enterprise and server product to device that you use in your home to the software that student they use at the school itself. So only not that, like if you have Xbox, it will be covering that as well. So what we have, the Microsoft has the online service term, OST, which is a legal agreement you know, if I will show you these things here, like you know, all these things are covered. Now, if we will talk about the online service, I'll be showing you this in a page as well. Online service terms, OST and legal agreement between the Microsoft and the customer. So this will be the obligation by the both party to respect while processing and security of the customer data and personal data. So this OST, it applies specifically to Microsoft's online service that you license through the subscription, including like Azure, Dynamic 365, Office 365, Bing Maps, all these things, okay? And with that, there is the data protection addendum, okay, DPA, which further define data processing and security term of online services. And these things, you know, these terms, they include compliances with the law. Disclosure of your process data, data security, which include the practices, policies of data encryption, data access customer, data transfer, you know, all these kind of a things over there. Right. So, you know, uh, the data security and the, you know, DPA. To, so what we have to do, if you have to check this DPA over here. So first, let me show you the Microsoft's uh, privacy statement. First of all, let me just take you quickly over there to the website of the your Microsoft's online statement, which we've no privacy statement, which we were talking about first. So this is the, your Microsoft privacy statement over here, which explain that what personal data we collect. You can read this whole thing, how they use the personal data. Okay. It will be the reason why that where they will be sharing your data, how to access and control your personal data everything will be having with the link and everything they will be talking about this whole scenario over there now you go and when you know what kind of the online service term when you purchase license or you go to the subscription right so for that what they have they have the online service terms right and what is what it is going to define this is going to be the page of that for online services what is going to happen right so, you know, this is the data processing and security kind of a thing, licensing and all these things that is going to be over there. Okay. So this is going to be the licensing terms and everything over there, licensing the term, license requirement and all these kind of a things over there. So, you know, even you can go ahead and 
uh, if you want, you can search for the, you know, your documents and everything over here. This will be the whole part that will be working over here. So when we are talking about this whole scenario, we have these online service terms and condition kind of a thing as well, which is going on over there. Even, you know, if you want to access the DPA, which I was talking about data processing addendum, which we were talking about. So what uh, we can have, we can go to this portal over there itself. And this is going to be this one. Yeah, you can search for anything. So we can search for the licensing resource like DPA. You can search it. Okay. So here you can see Microsoft customer agreement sample, you know, and there is you know, based on the different, different reasons itself. So, you know, you can have that thing licensing, right? Licensing programs and different, different scenarios over here. Okay. And one of the very last thing to give you the, you know, uh, the kind of the trust that there is going to be the, you know, uh, your Microsoft's architecture is by default compliant or not. For that, we have the trust center, right? So it is a place where all those data attestation certifications, even it will help you, you know, the trust center is where you can find security and privacy setting for Microsoft Office program. You can learn about security, privacy, compliance, policy, feature, and you can participate across the Microsoft Cloud product, the center website. It will give you the in-depth expert information, curated list of recommended resource and arranged by topic and role specific information for business manager, administrator, engineer, risk assessor, and privacy officers itself and the legal teams itself over there. Now in that particular trust center, I will just take you there. It will be talking about the documentation over there. Okay, so we are talking about the compliance document. So you will be finding the compliance document onto the Azure compliance page. Right? So there is going to be like, you know, your global US government industry regional laws that is going to be in there. So Microsoft offer a comprehensive set of compliance offering to help you and your organization to comply with national, regional, and the industry specific requirement that cover select and use data over there, right? So this is going to be there. So if I will take you to that, uh, you know, your trust portal page, what is going to be in there? Uh, simply, let me just show you this one. Okay, this is the trust center from the Microsoft. So their commitment to you. So you can learn about the Microsoft privacy over there. You want to see compliance offering of theirs? You can click on this button. It will be the whole services around the group. So identity and related to different, different things. Microsoft review under this kind of a thing. So you can check out the different scenario compliance offering like GDPR. Okay, what it will be. You can see Microsoft compliance offering over here. So in the compliance offering page, you can see globally these compliances are followed by the Microsoft, US governments, and all these kind of the your you know resources are going to be in there. Okay, industry specific, globally, local, regional laws that you are following, Microsoft is following them. And even this will be helping you with this something like you know, you want to go and check globally ISO 27001 over there. Now you can go ahead and it will be you know help you to understand. You can download. The Microsoft Cloud download the ISO IC 27 20, you know, 13. So you have to just sign in once 
and it will give you the document checklist if you want to see the document related to that you can have all these things at once over there right you can examine any of these kind of things like you can go there and i was here uh you can go back and like pci dss that would be the industry standard somewhere right this is the pci dss you can go in here check this page and even they will be giving you sometime the blueprint to apply to make your infrastructure to that you can download the reports as well of the you know microsoft's uh you know uh all what we will say compliance blueprint you can download you can download these reports as well to help you you know to, if you want to implement that same protection for yourself as well you will have checklist blueprints that you want to implement right now apart from that one more thing you should be aware that azure has some sovereign regions as well so to meet some security and the compliance need of like in different regions like if we talk about the US government only, so US federal agencies, state and local government and their solution provider, we have something which is called Azure government, which is a separate instance of Azure, physically isolated from non-US government deployment. So this will be a completely different data center and place, which is not a normal use, you know, your Azure instance over here. And it could be accessible only to the screened and authorized personnel itself, and it will be having or it will be compliant to these standards like FedRAMP, NIST 800-171, ITAR, IRS, DOD, these kind of things, it will be compliant to over there itself, right? Now, apart from that, there is going to be some other sovereign region as well, like there is Azure China region, which is, again, same, separate instance for Azure Cloud, which is operated by the 21 via NAT. And all the data will be stayed in the China to make sure it is compliant over there. You will have that, right? So this is the few things that is there regarding the, you know, your governance and compliance feature of your particular data or data Azure over here, right? So this was the very last topic guys for the session of it. And this was our Azure section of your Cloud Expert Masterclass.